Welcome to the Carmesh Rebels podcast. I'm Jenny Fields. I'm Advita Patel. And I'm Trudy Lewis. In today's episode, I wanted us to chat about personality types because one of the main questions... Actually, maybe not the main question, but one of the questions, (laughs) not the main question, but one of the questions people often ask is, how do I work with people that I don't like? Or how do I work with people who I think are narcissists or psychopaths or idiots, basically? Mm -hmm. And it all started for me in terms of thinking about different personality types when I went to your comms reboot, Jenny. Mm-hmm. And in one of the sessions, we were talking about um, uncomfortable relationships in organisations and how it can be hindrance to progress. And one of the people in the room said, but I just don't know how to work with people who don't think the way I think. And when I work with people who don't know, who don't, who I don't agree with, I really struggle to articulate how I should work with them because I just get annoyed and frustrated and automatically go down the route of the idiots. Mm-hmm. Like this is why, you know, and then really got me thinking and then we had a few more discussions about certain departments, which I'm not going to name, who can be very driven by very toxic personality tri- mm-hmm. uh, uh, types, which then got me thinking about... Um, a guy called Thomas Erickson, who's written a book called Surrounded by Idiots. Um, and he's speaking at my Inner Rebel conference, by the way. He is. A little plug. Link in the show notes. Link in the show notes, 14th of June, Manchester. Anyway, um, but Thomas Erickson's book, he's written a book called Surrounded by Idiots. And he uses um, four personality types, disc, um, the colours. So many people know, understand, know about the colours, red, yellow, green and blue. Um, But the way Thomas Erickson talks about it is around how does a a blue person who is very analytical, very detailed, potentially work with a yellow who is very creative and not as detailed and can be a bit whimsical at times. And I'm a yellow, so I can say that, Um, (laughs) she says. (laughs) They're full of whimsiness. (laughs) Full of whimsiness. But, you know, they can be like, they they don't necessarily think, and we, I should say, as a yellow, um, we don't necessarily think about the detail in order to get that task done. We just see the creative side of that task. Whereas a, a blue person... And I hate, you know, the other thing about this as well, which I want us to talk about today is labels. Mm -hmm. Because we've spoken about labels before and in previous episodes, several of them. And I'm not the biggest fan of them. So I was was a little bit surprised. I know we had a debate about some of the terminology that Thomas Erickson uses Mm -hmm. in his book, um, which really made me reflect about my own bias about some of the stuff that I think about, but also how I make assumptions about other people's personality as well and how I thought I should work with them but that Mm -hmm. book really revolutionized the way I should work with them and I wanted us to kind of have a discussion because it comes up in our coaching retreat frequently as well about managers or leaders of the people in the room who are um, as sometimes as described not in our words but described by others as toxic Mm -hmm. as difficult as challenging and not supportive and we often have this conversation in our retreat on how to manage them Mm -hmm. and how to work with them and it's not about loving every single human being that you work with that's just impossible but it is about how do we work better in terms of going towards the outcome that we all need to achieve Mm -hmm. whether that's a personal outcome in ourselves or whether it's a wider outcome in terms of the organizations that we work in or some of the roles that we play in these organizations so I just wanted to have a you know have a discussion about 
the different personalities that we have worked with and what we found works in terms of working with them. And also what should people do if they are struggling in working with somebody or, or, or a, a room full of people who are challenging mm-hmm. in terms of behavior. So if the culture in that place, organization, or even personal is different. So I'm going to throw it out there. So I'm going to go to Trudy. Mm-hmm. And I, <laughs> so Trude, can you tell me? For you. For you. It's you. Uh, so is there, has there been a time in your personal and professional life where you had to work with characters who you're just like, oh my goodness, this is just draining every bit of energy? All the time. <laughs> right now, <Thanks>. actually. Yeah. <laughs> this episode is really difficult. <laughs> Thankfully, not you two. Um, yeah, I have. I mean, in work, it's, uh, and as you can know, it's. I think it's very interesting because I started working very young. Um, and when I say started working very young, for some, especially in the UK, they would say, oh, that's not really very young. So I started at 18, but I was an 18-year-old in a very senior position very quickly, which was, which meant that I had to very quickly learn how to interact with people of all different spheres, um, many of whom were not very nice. Um, Some critical, some obviously looking at the youth of the person and treating them a certain Mm -hmm. way. So I I do think I had to work with difficult people there. And then when I came to the UK, having worked in in, in Jamaica, it's then being exposed to a whole different personality of people, which over time I've learnt... And I've understood how people are in the UK and opposed to the Caribbean. Caribbean tends to be very traditional. Um, They still say Mr. and Miss, you know, and that type of thing. When I started university over here, I was, I I think I said to a professor, Mr. And he said to me, please don't call me that. You make me feel so old. And I was like, but that's what I'm supposed to call you. (laughs) Um. But in terms of people thinking differently from me, I've relatively been quite open to dealing with the fact that they're difficult. Um, But on that, are they... So this is what's really interesting about personality types. Are they difficult to you Mm. or are are they difficult in general? Because it's a perception that we have about individuals, right? Are are we thinking that they're difficult because they don't agree with us and they don't align with how we want to work? Or are they genuinely trying to stop progress from happening in terms of stuff going on? I think in their mind, they wouldn't think that they're trying to stop progress. I think they're just, some people are just difficult. It can be just hard work, Mm. you know, and a lot of it, you know, we we look at it and we say, oh, it's a negative because it's impacting you as the individual. But then from their perspective, it's not because that's who they are. And a lot of the times they're staying true to who they are. Yeah. In, in whatever they're doing, but it just grates against the status quo, what mm. we all expect, or even how we think or our own values. So it's 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 a little bit of both, I mm. think. You know, I've dealt with people who just generally are just hard to work with because of their general view of things. And then I've also dealt with people who are hard to work with because they 100% disagree with me all the time. And I'm a, I'm a mixture of yellow and and others. And what happens with me is I don't like the pushback. Mm. I don't like this constant back and forth if somebody doesn't like something. So my reaction is to back off and I won't pursue it. I'll 
I'll probably take on the job myself and do it myself rather than having somebody challenge it all the time. Mm. So so I've it's 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 one of those for me quite difficult you know looking at difficult people sometimes and saying okay what's going on for them and I've always done that because I've worked in creative in the creative arena where creative people are all over the place where mm. this is concerned and can be quite difficult and um you know again never intentionally it's just how they are they're just different how they look at things, how they behave. They're not necessarily going to be looking at things the way I look at I'm very organized or think I am. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and they will think of things very differently from me. And I remember working in live events and had to work with very creative people. And during that time, again, you had to learn how to mm. manage them. I worked in hotel and when you worked in when you work in hotel, um, especially from a management level, you are dealing with an incredible amount of different personalities. Mm. So I think I'm probably more tolerant mm. than I would... Than most. Uh, well, yeah, I, I've always been more tolerant because I always try to look at it from, okay, that's how I think, mm. but that's not necessarily how they think. Mm, yeah. And how can I get the best out of them? So I'm always trying to get people to work but then there comes a point where if it's too hard uh, I would just go off and get it get mm. on with it myself mm. what about you Jenny well I think I'm a joy you see which of is course. part of the problem uh, <laughs> how so could you not like how you? Could that you, you not? think that you're a joy or that you are a joy I am a fact <laughs> I'm a joy um so I'm quite aware of my positive and negative traits um and I'm a red on the colours <laughs> But I have worked with people of all all sorts of different degrees. And I do, and, and a red person generally is probably the most vocal about, God, I'm just surrounded by idiots because of that frustration of being very task orientated, being less interested in the niceties around, around things and just wants to get things done. And that can be very frustrating when you have people that want to sort of go back over things and talk about things and, you know, get into the detail. Whereas you're like, let's just, let's just get it done. What's interesting in the work that I do, and I think because I spend a lot of time helping organisations be less chaotic and helping them get to calm through better communication, behaviours, culture, we're often looking at different individuals and different behaviours mm. in organisations. And I'm thinking back to people where we've worked with them to diagnose the root cause of inefficiencies in the organisation. And sometimes there are individuals involved in that, mm which sometimes is uncomfortable, you know, because it was interesting listening to you both talking then around people that are difficult and you were sort of challenging that around, are they difficult to you or are they difficult? And I always say to people, are they impacting the ability for the organisation to do what it needs to do? Mm. Are they impacting people's ability to do the job? If they are, then we have to probably remove them yeah. um, or at least coach them or try and fix Remove something. them. I mean, I'm see, straight now in I with would the say, Yeah, now I would say coach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, some people are past that point. Yeah, oh, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Um, and because also it, it's, it's not what they don't want to be there either. Mm. Like that's, and it's getting underneath some of those things that people are often deliberately and intentionally difficult because they don't want to be somewhere. That might not necessarily be their behaviour type, but the behaviours they're exhibiting are deliberately sort of sabotaging something because they don't want to be there anymore and they've had enough and, and all those things. 
So I've worked in environments like that and I've seen mm. a lot of environments like that. If I think back to when I worked in organisations as a communications director or a global head of comms, I think there's there's definitely been moments of having to use coaching techniques to help me manage other personalities. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so when being very task orientated, when people would say things like, you know, I really want you to come to this meeting, I would start to ask questions about, okay, what what what's the outcome you're looking for from me being there? Like, how am I helping? And they'd say, oh, I just really love it when you're there because we can have, you know, it's just really nice. And, you know, that's a real yellowy thing to do. <laughs> I've just, I just like having everyone together and it's just really nice. And I'm like, I haven't got time for this. I've got other stuff mm. I need to do. So I used to have, and I still do use various phrases that will help me ask questions in a way that is kind mm. and in a way that is respectful of, of of trying to understand where they're coming from, mm-hmm. but knowing that that probably there is no reason for that, or I don't need to mm-hmm. be there, or something like mm-hmm. that. So so trying to help us get to the outcome that we're both comfortable with, but in yeah. a way that feels less like me saying I'm just not going to do that. Yeah, I think that's a really valid point in terms of asking the <laughs> right questions to understand their motives behind that request or behind what we may believe is an idiot request or an idiotic request. <laughs> um, and I am very much about there's a reason why people are difficult. Um, whether it is because they don't want to be there anymore, so they've been a hindrance, or whether it is because they struggle to belong in that space, because all the work I've done around inclusive cultures often demonstrates the reason people behave the way they behave is because something has happened mm. in their workplace that has, that has made them put up the defense mechanisms and be difficult because when they are difficult people pay attention so whether it's a good good attention or bad attention they pay attention or they're difficult they're challenging whatever and I don't think there's anything wrong with challenge Mm -hmm. and positive challenge I think to your point you have to be able to understand are they a hindrance for progression or are they genuinely challenging because they want to see change happen in a different way yeah and that is where our understanding needs to come in so when in our in our coaching retreat we'll often hear individuals who'll say my manager isn't very supportive or my leaders are not very supportive of my progression so I feel like I need to exit the organization and to find a new job my kind of question back is what evidence have you got to demonstrate that? Yeah. And is it their assumption about you because you have demonstrated certain behaviours that makes them think that about you? Or is it because they genuinely are trying to are just not very nice people? And we we do have colleagues and people that we work and live with and whatever who are just not very considerate at times and can be a little bit selfish. And it's about understanding that, which is why when Thomas is my mate Thomas, <laughs> Mr. Erickson, when um, when I read his book, and we haven't really described each type, have we? So we've, I think it might be useful for those who are not aware of that, they're colours. And it is a very popular framework, to be honest with you. And it's, and it's quite, you would have probably done it in some organisations that you worked in. But red is when somebody is quite action orientated and can feel frustrated when actions are not happening quick enough and are not necessarily interested in the detail behind that, but they do like logic and order. They do, and they don't have a huge interest in relationships. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I'm really selling myself. (laughs) (laughs) So I feel like I need to clarify Red on on behalf of Red's. I always use the example of... Because we're task orientated, I would send an email to you saying, Hi, Advita, have you done 
that piece of work. Yeah. And if you have, can you send it to me by Friday? I wouldn't say, hi, Advita. I hope you had a really good weekend. Oh, it was really chilly. And no, uh, but I've learned to do that. So I will write the email asking for the help and then I'll go back in and mm. add the, oh, it was really chilly because I know that that's the right thing to do. Um, and that's what I mean by minimal interest in relationships. It's not that we're, and I'm talking about my own experience, like, I'm very happy to have the chit-chat, but I want to get on with the task to get cracking. And I think it's a right thing to do with certain personalities. Yes. Because mm. there will be other people who are not bothered about the yeah. general chit-chat about the weather. Um, and there will be those people like, gosh, you're so rude. Like, I have a huge problem with people that don't put, um, like, hi or dear or how you doing. You know, if they just go straight into Advisa, yeah. where is this? I like, that yeah. is, a, is a big thing yeah. for me. But I don't mind if we're if we're having regular conversations and it's just like a quick you know like a bit like a whatsapp yes. chit chat then it's okay yeah um yeah so sorry yeah. that was red i just yeah. felt like when i said minimal interest yeah. in relationships given the work <laughs> that we do i was like i just let me just clarify. Yeah. no no i love people really <laughs> yeah. Yeah. no and you do and, and and this is the really important part about and this is the thing about labels as well which i do yeah. want to clarify is that this isn't a be all and end all of who you are and this is a dependent on the circumstances and environments that you're in which is why I am not a fan of labels, but I think they can definitely help us direct conversation in the right way so we can influence better. And there will be opportun- there will be moments in your environments where you have to be a red to get things done. And, and mm. sometimes if you've got too many other colours in there, you may need to step up into that space. Yeah. Uh, and that's okay. And I think that's really important for us to say that it's not the be all and end all. And yeah. I, I just want to be very clear. Otherwise, you'll just be like, oh my God, I'm a red. And this has happened in organizations where we've done the colors and we put bricks on our tables. And people will say, oh, but they're a red. So yeah. just approach them carefully. Yep. Or, or they're a blue. People get, you don't even refer to them by name. It's no. just colors. And that you is, get so hung up on yeah. the personality type. And I think. You just have to be so careful. You have to be it. careful because, again, that can be quite triggering for individuals. You know, yeah. it, it can yeah. be quite upsetting for, yeah, for individuals, be. especially if they're, you know, you, we've all done these tests where somebody says, well, I did the test and I came out and that's not who I am. Yeah. You know, and so if, if people are struggling with yeah. identifying with the, the type that the tests tell them, labelling them, it's probably the worst thing mm, you can yeah. do. And that's what it's sometimes a, blues. Yes. Yeah. 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 Explain the blue. I shall stop. You should explain all the colours. Yeah, Otherwise, me, yeah. we're gonna, that's so, going to be the whole episode yeah, is yeah, explaining the colours. So uh, a yellow, and I'm a yellow, um, are often people who are very creative in in what they do. They have multi multitude of ideas, always kind of got ideas, ideas, ideas. And then they kind of go halfway through and then kind of move on because they get bored very quickly. And that is 100%. I can be like that. So like Jenny, I've had to really channel my yellow in a positive way in terms of working through and and, and upping my red. So I'm a, I'm a yellow red because you can cross over. So I will have to sometimes in tasks put in the actions and do the plans and force myself to do yeah. that. The greens are... And according to Thomas Erickson's book, greens is the most popular colour. They are empathetic. They are followers rather than leaders at times. They um, get things done. So if you want things done, go to a person who is a very dominant green because they will... They will, but they have to be told. Yeah, yeah. So that you, they have to follow instructions. Yeah. So if you want some, if you if you are a red or a yellow, whatever, the green will deliver. Yeah. If you tell them what you need them to do, uh, a blue it 
just sorry, just one more thing about green, which I think is really important, is that you're right. It's the most dominant color. Yeah. Um, but they don't like change. No. So they they don't like change and conflict. They like us very stable, very yeah. steady. Which I think is interesting when you think about society, the world, change, yeah. all those mm. kind of things, and that most people are green. Yeah. I'll stop. And I think, and I do think it, it's in the favor of many people to have lots of greens. Yes. Because you need people who will well, You just, know, need doers, don't you? just yes. need doers. You need yeah. people to crack on and do it. And everybody wanting to be like a leader and make loads of creative ideas, nothing will really happen, to be yeah. honest. Uh, and then a blue is someone who is quite analytical, theory-based, you know, will want to know the evidence behind things, likes the detail, not necessarily, it's not a bad thing at all, but it can cause um, things to slow down because they need to know exactly why. Mm. They can be colder, in term, like a bit like a red who's not really interested in building relationships. Small talk is their worst nightmare. Like you cannot do small talk with people who are dominant blue characteristics because that will just make them feel very uncomfortable. And But you can take time to warm up with them and, and build that relationship. And, and there are conflicts between colours, the, the dominant colours that you are. And it's really interesting. Um, it's a really interesting book to read if you really are, if you want to know more about it. But again, and we've got, it's like a disclaimer in this entire episode. Because <laughs> I know some people will listen and will be like, oh my God, it's ridiculous to kind of talk like this about human beings. We're all individual and unique. Yes, I agree, we are. But it's really helpful to know the groups of personalities that we are and we're yeah. not as unique as you actually think that we are, which is just another topic in, in itself. But understanding the colours and what your dominant colour is and being aware of how you can work with different colours can help you influence. And 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 it can help you in so many different yeah. parts of your life. Like if I think about the fact that I know that I'm I'm red, I've known that for a very long time in my career and it's and I've I've worked on that a lot. So sometimes people can be surprised. I remember when it first came out, Advita, you said to me, I'm surprised that you're so red <laughs> because there's so much kindness and warmth. And I'm like, yeah, but that's often when you get to know me and yeah. when you're with me in person, that really comes much further forward. But it's helped me design my team in a way that I know where my strengths are and I know where my gaps are. So it's why when we have a collective team of experts working on things, I'll bring people in to offset my redness. So Trudy, it's like when we worked together and I often bring Trudy in <laughs> because you are, much, you know, you're calmer, you're much more green than, my, than, than I am. So working with you, with boards and groups and different people, we really complement each other in the room. And, and that's important for me that people have that sort of experience mm -hmm. and that you have that different thinking. If I was just surrounded by other reds because we'll get stuff done, I know we'll crack on, that's not helpful because mm -hmm. we will miss some human element will miss that ability to stop, pause, reflect, mm. kindness. And I think that's where, we, like you, I don't like the labels. I don't like introverts and extroverts as labels either because I think we hold on to them and they become so defining. Yeah. But it's helpful if you're looking at your team, you're looking at your partner in life, mm. you know, and maybe what colour they might be and how you compromise and adapt and do things that you know they need mm -hmm. to help them feel safe and secure because they need something different to you. Yeah. And I think that's this, this for me has been helpful in every aspect of my life to just help me think, oh, that makes a bit more sense. And I know I need to, you know, yeah. not be quite so bossy yeah. over there. Yeah. But I think yeah. um, it, it's, it's you know, that, that's really good that you say all of that because it's about you self-reflecting yeah. how, uh, how it's helped you. But generally, I also think... Um, what it does and why it's important to look at it, even though I too do not like 
the whole labels thing. I think it's really wrong um, and it's not helpful. But what it will do for individuals is it takes away the assumptions that we make about how people are treating us or how people are talking to us and interacting with us. It helps us when we have to create a perception about the people that we're interacting with. Um, a lot of the times we make broad assumptions about why somebody has behaved the way that they have behaved towards us. And so we then say, well, the reason why they did this was because of this, 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 this. When they haven't interacted with the person, they don't understand what the person is all about, they haven't spoken to the person, yet still they've made all these wide assumptions as to why the experience is the way that it is. And so it's really important, I think, to understand a little bit about how people work and how people are and how people think so that you can just get rid of these assumptions. It's one of the things that when I'm coaching, I actually try and break down because I talk a lot about communica communicating in, uh, in my coaching. And when you're interacting with people, a lot of the times you are making huge assumptions about how they are and why they are behaving the way they are. So why am I experiencing it this way? And the thing that's missing is that they haven't communicated with the person. They haven't gotten in touch with why the people, why the person is the way that they are. And so it's it's incredibly difficult for them to work with them. Mm -hmm. And it puts them in on the back foot. So basically they are constantly feeling put down. They're put they're feeling as if to say that they're, they're even not good enough in some cases mm -hmm. because they're 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 kind of constantly resistant against this personality when really all it takes is understanding a little bit about what's going on for the person, what type of person they are. And although I'm I'm not a fan of the red, green, yellow, whatever, I don't think we should person that we should um categorize people like that. I do understand that that the reading behind it, the theory behind it is absolutely sound. It, you know, it's the, exactly what we should be doing is looking at well why why is a red the way they are? Why is a yellow the way, and how's the best way for me to, and I think that's what the book does, how's the mm -hmm. best way for me to work with or or help the I'll yellow, yeah, and help that, that yellow or green person be the best that they can be in that particular situation. Mm -hmm. And it, all it takes sometimes is a little adjustment on our own part. Mm -hmm. And then it also, one of the great things about looking at personality in this way is how you can then shape a team so that you have the right people. It's like you said about, you know, if you're a red, you really need yellows and greens to kind of, <laughs> you know, bring that balance. And that's exactly what we should be doing at work rather than worrying about, you know, we need everybody to be a go-getter. You don't. You mm -hmm. need that mixture of personalities mm -hmm. and we shouldn't ever be afraid of mm -hmm. dealing with the differences no. in but these No, but a part of this requires observation skills. Absolutely. And this is something that we can be not very good at because we're so focused on they're really irritating me. <laughs> like they're really yeah. bothering me, they're really irritating me and I'm really frustrated by what they're sharing with me. And we don't really take that step back and observe their behaviour to understand what do I need to do to influence them in the right way, whether that's influencing sidewards, influencing your team that you work with or influencing upwards or whatever, because that is your power. Yeah. Like once you can understand why that person may behave that way and what their frustration is you can you can adapt and communicate with them in a style that works for you both mm. and I do this a lot with a with, like I said before I am a yellow and detail can be a bit irritating for me so somebody keeps saying but why but why but show me this and show me that 
and that used to, that was a big irritation. But now I understand that and the importance to that individual and I will bring it in. And Jenny and I spoke about, you know, a client that we work with together and there is an individual who is very, you know, detail orientated and has a bit of theory. And there was challenges when we first met and communicated. And over the last probably six months we've been working mm-hmm. together, mm-hmm. we formed a really strong relationship, you yeah. know, in terms of we like they will share quite openly about some of the challenges that they're facing. They'll share some... And that would not have happened if I hadn't understood them better. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where... And, and whether you believe in the colours, whether you think they're a positive thing or not a positive thing and labels, you don't like them or you like them, whatever. Basically, all of this is around observations yeah. and being interested in individuals as people and understanding why they may behave the way they behave. Yeah, I was going to say... that. Sorry. I was just going to say very quickly, and being interested enough to adapt your behaviour yeah. to make that relationship better. Yeah. Because there's got to be an action linked to that observation in order yeah. for the relationship to change. Yeah, and yeah. it's not about changing your personality, by the way. No, not that. <laughs> not at all. No. You don't change yourself really to make hard. them feel more comfortable. <laughs> no. It's about adapting your communication style. Exactly. Absolutely. And also, I think, you know, just from the same thing about observations, just developing those listening skills because a lot of the times we just don't listen to people so or intently enough we don't actively listen to people enough so that we understand where they're coming from and why they're saying some of the things that they're saying or why they're being difficult um, about a particular topic because it could be quite emotive to them remember we also then uh, behave based on our values and sometimes their value the values that they have is actually dictating why they're behaving mm. the way that they're behaving. Mm. But because we don't listen sometimes, we we don't hear that, do we? We only hear, oh, they're just being obtrusive. You know, they're just yeah. getting in the way. And really, it's hitting on a value that they have. And so it's causing them to react in the same way that we might say, you know, for you, Advita, one of your values is unfairness. And when you see unfairness, you can't help but speak about that. Mm. Now, others would say, oh my gosh, why does why does Advita always have to speak about this particular thing? <laughs> why does Advita have why? to speak about herself? All <laughs> but, but because it's so emotive to you, it is part of your value set you can do nothing else but speak. Mm -hmm. You have to speak. Mm -hmm. So irrespective of whether or not that grates against other people and people don't like it, that's not the point. Mm. The point is that it's important to you. But they have to respect you. And they have to understand And I say this every single time. I say, you don't need to like them. But you do need to, they do need to respect you and you need yeah. to respect them. And that is really important. Absolutely. You don't need to go on a weekend getaway. You don't have to go for a We don't you have know, to be friends. You don't have to be friends. And we have we seem to have this is why I hate that. I'm mean, getting on to a slightly different topic, but I hate that question. <laughs> do you have a best friend at work? Oh yeah, none of us really no. like that. that. Because we there's this whole pressure on us to make loads of friends at work. And it's great if you do have friendship circles at work. I'm not saying it isn't, but it's not the be all and end all. Not for everybody. Not and for everybody. When I did the coaching session to set up my business, one of the things that they asked me was around what was important about being at work. Or it was to mm. do with kind of why do you go to work, all that sort of stuff. And my unsurprising being a red, my friendship bit was quite low. So that's when they said, you'll be fine working on your own mm. because it's not a core value for you at being at work to to make friends. You know, And, I, and I've always felt that. You know, I don't go to work to make friends. I have friends and I love them dearly. If I make friends along the way, that's lovely. But that's not my, my main thing. Whereas for yeah. some people it is. Mm. Um, but it was quite helpful for me in terms of what that meant for my... Yeah life and what I was doing yeah. and what I could do because yeah I didn't need to yeah, have I'd say, I'd say the friends. same I mean I I can't I have made some amazing friends through work 
However, that's not my purpose for yeah. being there. And I'm grateful for the friendships that I have developed at work, but that's not been a priority. You know, I haven't gone there because of that. It's not my social club yeah. kind of thing. I go there to work. In and amongst that, I've met some brilliant people who are now very close to me. And that's amazing. But And so it's a bonus, really, mm, yeah. I think. I think it's definitely kindness, respect for me. I'm not really yeah. bothered if they don't like me, but they're going to be kind and they're going to be respectful, which now takes us into, we have shared a few tips throughout this chat, but I think it'll be great for us to kind of probably share one or two things that people can do if they are struggling to influence in the right way because the person that they're trying to influence is very different. Uh, difficult, challenging, whatever you want to call them. What is, um, go to you, Jenny, first. What are your kind of one or two tips that you can share that will help? So I've written down four. Oh, okay. But I'll be quick. You're always a bit extra. I am. <laughs> <laughs> She's a red. She's a red. That's what it is. No, go on. No, that'd okay. be great. I'll be, I'll be quick. So the first one is not going into a conversation thinking that you have to win. Mm -hmm. So that's something I've read a lot about in terms of trying to bring people together who are poles apart, which is another book. We'll put the link to that in the show notes. But if you can go into a conversation, into a meeting, into a discussion to understand rather than to win, then that will really help you just change your framing for that conversation. The second is to get to know yourself better to then be able to adapt. So I was quite clear early on in this conversation, I know I'm a red I know what I need to do to dial that up and down and mm -hmm. I know what will make the red really come out um, because I know myself. So taking the time to know yourself is important. Um, and then the third one is sort of linked to that. So once you do know yourself or you do know others, then take action to do that. Mm -hmm. So when we've talked about these different colours in sort of change workshops and organisations, I always say knowing this is very helpful, but knowing it and not doing anything different is not helpful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you have to actually think, oh, okay, well, now I know that this individual likes detail. I know that I need to be prepared for that meeting because that will help me get what I need out of that meeting by ensuring that they are satisfied. And then the final one is just to be curious about other people. You know, you talked about observations being the key thing for this. That's such a big part of this. Be curious enough to want to understand someone else. And that's about your emotional intelligence. It's about being a human being. It's about wanting to improve your relationships. We have to be interested and curious enough to find out more. Yeah. Great tips. Truly. Yeah. Um, I kind of will tap into some of the ones that Jenny made. <laughs> I stole them all. You I'll stole them all. all four from Jenny. Four. Um, the main one for me or one of the main ones is to, to adapt to coaching style when you're in when you're dealing with individuals and I know you know a lot of the times they talk about that from a leadership perspective but you can do it from any perspective if you're a if, if you're a worker working upwards a manager you can adapt a coaching style and all that means really is ask great questions and listen so actively listen to what the person you know, what the person is saying, who they are. Get to, Another one is get to know people. Get to know the people that you're working with. Find out something about them, but also be vulnerable enough to share some of yourself because a lot of the times you can come across with a decision that you've made or you can, you know, say something and people think, oh, make a, you know, instantly make an opinion about, take an opinion about who you are just based off what you've said until they understand why you've said it and why you've come with that particular approach. Mm -hmm. And so it's really important to, yes, get to know other people and ask them questions about themselves, but also be willing to share something about yourself mm -hmm. so that people get to know you and why you 
operate the way that you operate because yeah. a lot of the times it's just unknown. And if you're not sure about something, ask. The biggest thing about all of us is that we fail to communicate and we focus on assumption and perception and so on rather than taking the time. And I know sometimes some conversations are uncomfortable, um, especially when you're challenging, but it's far better to do that than to sit in assumption and then not get anything done. Yeah, great. I think my favorite sentence when I do feel like I'm heading to conflict is, that's really interesting. Would you be able to help me understand how you got to that yeah. way of thinking? Yes. Because I don't really quite, it's not clear for me. Yeah. So that is I quite, use that a lot. It's a very powerful question. Yeah. And instantly you're making them feel comfortable because you're not accusing them and saying, oh, that's a really stupid idea, like what you're doing. Yeah. You kind of go, that's really interesting. Would you just walk me through it? Because I'm just kind of struggling to understand how you got to mm-hmm. that solution so that's a, a, a tip the other thing I do want to say and those are great tips by the way and I think you've covered most of them and I know we've said it throughout this conversation around labels and they're not being brilliant I know Trudy you specifically for you, you you're not a big fan I also want to just say that if you are neurodivergent this is not your thing at all and it's very different and I have had lots of conversations with people who are neurodivergent who say well how does this work for me mm. and to be honest with you I, I, I don't, it doesn't really. No. It's very different. And it's also very different for those who code switch at work mm-hmm. as well. So if you're working in a very toxic environment and you have to bring a different type of personality to, to survive in that environment, then you will switch up your yeah. personality to belong in that space. And that, again, is not a true reflection of who you are. And that's symbols, symbolisms for you to look out for when you are having those, when you are doing this reflective piece of work and understanding who you are. And I'm really interested actually to ask Thomas Erickson about his thoughts on that, because I think, you know, it's not as simple as saying that you're this and you're that. And if you have got more complexities and you work in environments that are not suited to you yeah. and you have to change things up, then it won't work. So if you are listening thinking, well, what about this? I completely agree. It, there isn't, it's not perfect not a perfect system, but one thing that we can do is show kindness and ask curious questions and be observing of what's happening around us and then use that knowledge to have better communication with them. Yeah. I think that's quite important. I just wanted to kind of bring that in because I know many people I speak to about this can feel a bit anxious about some of the stuff we shared with yeah. them and say, oh, I don't quite fit into any of them. Um, and that's okay. Absolutely yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, brilliant conversation. <laughs> I, I feel like there's there's also just an end note there to say if you want to explore more about the answer to that question about the neurodivergent piece and how that fits, then they should come to your conference. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, because you've, and you're going to ask him at the conference. I'm going to ask him the question. 14th of June, Manchester. <laughs> Tickets are on sale. We'll all be there. <laughs> we'll all be there. We can't wait. <laughs> Love a little plug. <laughs> Thank you for listening. If you want to find out more or subscribe to our newsletter, visit calmedgerebels.com. We'd love to continue this conversation, so please connect, ask questions, and share your thinking with us. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, under Calm Edge Rebels. If you enjoyed this episode, remember to rate and review us. <laughs>